I learned and I feel and I, I push it forward with with my what I call my nieces and my nephews my and my god kids um, you have a support system around you you they don't have to be blood to be family I have that tattooed on me on my on my ribs you do not have to be blood to be family I just had an amazing conversation with Austin Howard. Austin produces the videos for CNG and he also produces our podcast. His journey to this path is a fascinating one. Working through depression that he felt during COVID to now being on top of the world as he's pursuing his dream and living his passion. I think you're gonna love hearing from Austin Howard. Do I start this off by saying I want to welcome Austin Howard to my podcast? You could do it just like this. I say we just start it like this. Okay, all right. I think think I'm just going to leave it exactly like this. You know why? Because Austin is always the one that's on the other side of the table. (laughs) He's the one that is recording our podcast. But today, Austin Howard is my guest. Welcome, Austin. Thank you so much. And can you tell us, what do you do for CNG? So I am the creative manager for CNG. Um, our employee spotlights, putting this podcast together, uh, photography that we show in our uh, plants, um, working with our marketing team and others. That's that's my job. I get to be creative every day. Yeah, well, for someone who's usually behind the camera, so to speak, you have an amazing voice. <laughs> I don't feel that way, but thank it's, you. <laughs> it's really good. You have like a radio voice. I mean... <laughs> You should be the one doing the interviews, Austin. I think Shelly's going to do the backup if if we ever need it. Yeah. So if, wow. if the backup ever needs a backup, yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, it's it's so awesome to have someone like you in our company that can do all this work because you do an amazing job at it. And I want to thank you for just the phenomenal work. Every video you produce is amazing. I'm sure our podcast will be as well. Thank you so much. So tell me, how did you get into this? Um, so I've always kind of like been interested in just like the creative field. Um, growing up, I, like any other kid, I I draw and I try and do that. I'd be interested in music. Um, there's probably home videos of me air playing the guitar, playing a plastic guitar <laughs> with the radio playing to like Born to be Wild or something. Uh, singing Dolly Parton, um, playing uh toy drum kit, um, making like plays in our uh, downstairs living room for my parents. Uh, Everything I've always done is had like a creative base. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just always interests me to just think in a different way. Um, Not that necessarily that I'm trying to think in a different way. It just, I was just kind of considered myself weird. (laughs) (laughs) Weird in a good way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think weird in a good way. So, when you first started at CNG, this wasn't your job, was it? No, I uh, I started in the Lexington campus, mm-hmm. um, Films 3 on Line 26. Oh, wow. On A-Shift. That oh, is, wow. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I started on the line, on Line 26. Uh, Rich Selman was my supervisor. Hi, Rich. I hope you're listening. You better be. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So how did, how did you go from that to this? So um, when I was on the line... Um, I make friends semi-easily. Um, I'm pretty outgoing. I try to just be as vulnerable as possible and just be open to making new friends. Um, there was a guy on our shift. He was a lead, uh, Alex. He had actually got an opportunity to join the training department. 
when he joined the training department, he'd been there a few weeks and then another opportunity came up to for him uh, outside of us for a Vita. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just making conversation. I said, hey, you know, if, if you put a good word in for me, um, I have 11 years of training experience prior to coming to the company. Uh, just put in a good work for me. Um, Charles Marlowe was the um, manager of the training department at the time. I knew Charles for the yeah. gym. Charles is the reason I came to. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, he's a great first, recruiter. Yeah. So uh, he's the reason I'm even here. Um, and when I talked to Alex, he was like, I'll say something. Um, and then I got an opportunity to interview. Um, during the interview process, they were just kind of like asking, well, what do you like to do? And you're you know, downtime. And I was like, oh, you know, uh, photography, I do videography and like their eyes lit up Yeah, because they're like, oh, we want to do training videos. So like that was my, my first step in was, Mm -hmm. oh, we can utilize the fact that he can do that. And so I started in the training department doing that, doing some training videos and then COVID happened. Ah, yes. So during COVID, I think I had the one of the most rocky times mm. at the start, just like everyone yeah. during that, um, we all got separated into buildings. Yeah. Um, my, they're going to hate me for saying this, but it's true. My, my, my office was the break room, the break room, the break room. I, I, I sat on a plastic chair with my computer was on a bar stool. Yeah. If I had a meeting, I'd sit in the stairwell. Wow. So that's that's what I was doing. Um, so I was I was I was in a pretty deep depression because I didn't get to do any all the stuff that I'd been working towards. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the opportunity came up to where we were doing communications. We needed yes, to find a way we to. We did. I remember. Yeah. So we needed to do the communications, and um, Mark Cascio came to me. He was like, "Hey, can, if we record something, can we edit it so we can distribute it out?" I was like, yeah, absolutely. So I just pulled double duty. I would go home because I had all my editing software at home and I would do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you saw that one I and did. asked if I would do it I did. the other side. And then that's kind of where everything kind of started snowballing because then you asked if I would do the um, internal announcement of our merger. Yes. So I got to do that. And then just marketing and everything just started snowballing and it, it just kept picking up steam and i i started traveling for the company during lockdown almost you did so you it did. Was, you were a hero i went from deep deep depression to doing everything that i love in a matter of a few months that's amazing it was the weirdest experience of my life yeah, yeah. wow what was that like i mean when you think about the when you were in, in the feeling depressed you know about your life and situation what kept you going? Like, how did you find the strength to keep going for that dream? It was one of those things. I've I've gotten really, really fortunate. And I'm I'm not a kiss ass, but I have to say, I wouldn't be here doing this if it wasn't for this company and the people that I've really gotten to work for, the the people who've been my supervisors. Um, I'm gonna I'll say them. Yeah. I mean, Rich Rich Selman was my supervisor on the floor. Him and mm-hmm. I understood each other. Having Charles Marlowe be yeah. the one that brought me into the company and being my cheerleader and pushing me to do what I love every single day. Jamie Hauserman doing the exact same thing. She was making sure like during the pandemic that I had everything I need. It never said no to me. And now having Shelly Hickman as my, you know, my boss now, like 
it's taken everything to the next level every single time. I have the best support system here to make sure that I can get what I need done and do it in the way that I want to do it. And yeah. I think that's really, really special for me. And I, I don't know. I've, I'm really, really lucky. So Yeah. Well, that makes me very happy to hear. Yeah. I, I love that, uh, that you're getting the support and mm -hmm. have, you know, really been able to blossom here at CNG mm -hmm. and make such a phenomenal contribution. Thank you. So tell me about your, your life. Tell me what, what do you do outside of work? Okay. So outside of work, it's, it's still, we just do, I mean, I do a lot of creative stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll start, I'll talk about that a little bit first, but, uh, so, um, a friend and I, we work on music together. We do, um, films together. We've, we did a short film last year. Um, our very first one, really? um, we did shot it all in one night. Um, it was difficult <laughs> to say the least. It, uh, What's one, the film about? Uh, the, we did like a, like a, be late rated uh horror like it's 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 like <laughs> you know those like core like not corny yeah. actually it's funny because yeah. it's actually about corn um but uh, like corny yeah horror movie um but we loved it it's something that we we really wanted to put ourselves out there and do um and we're working towards we're always writing new stuff all the time um i work with do uh music with another friend of mine I actually get an opportunity i'm going to be uh playing live shows again starting this year which is really strange to me because it's been 10 years since I've played music live. What what instrument? I play bass. So yeah. Okay. I play bass. Um, so I get an opportunity to, you know, play live music again. Um, I paint. Um, so so I, you're I'll do very like creative. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, pay, I do creative uh, soul. Art, art shows, um, any chance that I get. Um, and other than that, it's, it's, I, I spend a lot of time with my girlfriend. Um, we go to concerts, we go to museums. Um, my girlfriend, Katie, we've been together just over four years now. Um, she is my biggest supporter, uh, my best friend. Yeah. I couldn't say enough amazing things about her. Um, we have dogs together, our, our, our uh, fur babies, your you fur know, babies, my fur babies. Yeah. So and this morning get... you were telling me a story that I wonder if you, you'll share with our audience yeah. here. So, uh, over Memorial day weekends my girlfriend she's on the board she's the president of the board of the richland county humane society okay. in ohio um we got uh, a message that they had taken over 80 animals from one singular house um wow yeah and during that we rushed right over to start helping um so you were part of getting the dogs out of this house. we were at the receiving the receiving so, yeah we yeah. were receiving so as they were taking dogs they were in stacked in horse trailers they were stacked in sheds in their cages in cages yeah um so we were a part of that um and we spent you know the weekend there um almost all day friday sh or saturday uh she went back sunday and then we went back on monday as well um it's just changing out uh, newspapers, changing, giving food, water, making sure they get the baths, just helping receive mm -hmm. donations, stuff like that. It was the way that I saw the community come together when that news got out was incredible because I'd never been yeah. a part of that. And I hope I'm never a part of it again. I hope that never happens again. I, it's, it's heartbreaking because, um, you know, animals are just, we don't deserve them. Yeah. <laughs> we don't, we don't, yeah. um, we have, we have two French bulldogs. Um, we have a mix. He's 14 and a half now. Um, I 
we love that dog so much. Um, we have what two what cats. are their names? Your so dogs. Uh, <laughs> one of our French bulldogs' names is Scrump. 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 All uh, right. We have a rescue French bulldog we got this past year named Cricket. Uh, our mix, he's our fourteen year old. His name is Dylan. We have uh, another rescue cat. His name is Muffin Man. And then actually one that we got at uh, Films 2 in Lexington. He was hiding in some pallets. Oh, wow. His name is Weeble. Weeble. So, yes. All so, right. And then we, on uh, the Monday after Memorial Day, we're fostering um, one of the pregnant mamas, um, mm -hmm. a dachshund wiener dog. Um, and she just actually gave birth uh, this past week before I came here. Well, you were fostering her. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, yeah, and so, and so <laughs> tell me, tell me about that. Tell me about fostering. Oh, fostering is tough because it's hard not to get attached to them. Yeah. Um, we fostered a kitten. I think it was the, within the first year of us dating, we fostered a kitten and my mom fell in love with him. His oh. name is Pudge. So I, your mom kept the, yeah, I name a lot of our animals. So they have weird names. Um, <laughs> Cute though. <laughs> so uh, she fell in love with that cat. Um, she kept him. Um, and then she's fostered. Muffins was a foster failure. Um, uh, all of ours are rescue except for Scrump. Uh, I did get her from a breeder, but she she was six months old when I got her. And she would drag her back legs. Mm. So no one would take her. Yeah. No one wanted anything to do with because she dragged her back legs. So I just rolled the dice on her. Um, I, I tell the story. No one ever believes me. I took her home. I Googled Frenchie will not walk. Shelly can attest that just is pure <laughs> comedy. Uh, if you Google Frenchie will not walk. Um, and, but, and something came up. So uh, after a long time looking, I finally found this uh, thing. It said, take him out into a field, mm -hmm. set him down in the field, walk in a circle around him three times. Turn direction, walk the opposite direction, they'll get up. She did it. No. Oh my gosh. Yep. That is a, isn't Google amazing? Yep. So and then she just <laughs> well, she was fine. Had no health issues, nothing. She's amazing. She's uh eight. She's coming up on her uh gotcha day, uh July third. <laughs> Had her eight years. So. That's a cute story. So tell me about where you grew up, how you grew up, a little bit about your family. So I grew up in um Shelby, Ohio, which is just two towns over from Lexington, town over from Ontario in Ohio. Um, I grew up, I have um, a half brother and then he has a half brother. Uh, so I grew up. <laughs> so is that a quarter brother? So I don't know how that works. We're not blood related. Oh, we're, not, okay. we're not blood related. So me and my, my brother, Justin, we have the same dad. And okay. then his brother, Kyle, they have the same mom. Uh -huh. So I'm one of one, my mom's only son. My dad's only, he has two sons, and but we were raised in three. So it was mm -hmm. a weird situation, but I couldn't imagine growing up any other way. Um, so we would, my parents were electricians. My dad and my mom were electricians. Your mom was an electrician. My mom was an electrician. Wow. So for, they both worked for GM. Um, uh -huh. And then my stepmom, she uh, works at DECA. She still does. She's retired, like, I'd say 600 times from this company. <laughs> it just keeps going back. She, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I would, I grew up, each of them worked their own shift. So my stepmom worked first, my dad worked second, my mom worked third. Wow. So I would just rotate yeah. just throughout the day, I'd wake up with my dad, um, spend time with my mom in the afternoons, or if it was, um, in, during the school year, my stepmom would pick me up off the bus and then we would do homework at that. And then I would spend summers with my grandma, um, uh, all summer. 
Wow. Like as much as humanly possible with my grandma. So my mom's mom, like loved spending summers with my grandma. Yeah. Tell me about that. What was she like? She's still alive? No, unfortunately not. I lost her. Uh, if, if my math's correct, she was 72 for 20 years. So I have no idea how old she was. <laughs> I can uh, relate when to she that. Passed. Yeah. Uh, that's what she'd always tell me. But like I, I my mom and my dad, uh, my stepmom, my, they all, you know, would, if I wanted to go to grandma's house, yeah, go have mm -hmm. at it. Mm -hmm. I spent so much time with my grandma and for her, as active as she was, cause I was a hyper kid. Um, as active as she was with me, she taught me how to, you know, play baseball, you know, not that my dad didn't, but like she was one of the first mm -hmm. to teach me. She'd set, go outside with me and throw the wiffle ball and I'd smack it. And we had many horses and goats and all this stuff. And she was so active with me and made sure that uh, I got all the attention in the world. Um, it was amazing. She yeah. didn't be do anything. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what that's what grandmas are for, right? I mean, oh, she'd still discipline yeah, me. Yeah, just to spoil the kids. Yeah, she'd yeah. still discipline me, but not not in a not in a bad way. Just in a get your butt over here. So, so, so when you think about how you grew up, because that is a, a little unusual, it right? Is. With with all the dynamics at mm -hmm. play, how do you think it shaped you into who you are? What lessons learned, or how did that make you into who you are? I learned. And I feel, and I, I push it forward with with my, what I call my nieces and my nephews, my and my god kids. Um, you have a support system around you. You they don't have to be blood to be family. I have that tattooed on me on my on my ribs. You do not yeah. have to be blood to be family, because um, that's how I was raised. You know, I'm not blood related to my stepmom, but her family took me and my brother in as if not. I was texting my cousin Clay yesterday. Just because, you know, we're not blood related. We don't have to be to be as close as we want to be. So to be around a support system that has your back and your best interests in mind, whether it's I'm at my brother's mom's house, who I'm not blood related to, I'm spending that or his brother's dad's house, who I'm definitely not related to, <laughs> or having him over at my mom's house, who we're not related. Like it, there was no... There's no difference the way that we grew up. Like it, it didn't feel like non-traditional. Yeah, it's what you it, knew. Yeah, yeah, it's all I knew. So yeah. I wouldn't want to grow up any other way. So I just learned that people are if people care about you, they're gonna be there for you. And I and you have this amazing support system that surrounds you. And I always want to make sure that I make sure that, you know, the kids in my life, um, you know, like I said, my nieces, my nephews, um, what I call my nieces, my nephews, my best friends, kids or my God kids, mm -hmm. that they know that I'm always there for them. And if they need anything that I got their back, period, I'm no, with no judgment. So and I think that they know that they can come to me if they're feeling vulnerable, if they just want to talk or yeah. if they just don't want to talk. That's it's, that's so important, Austin. I mean, it's it's so great that you can be that kind of influence in their life. I try. They're at the they're at the age yeah, where yeah. I'm starting to not be cool. Yeah. So, you know, 14, 15, 16, I'm I'm Those not cool anymore. Ages. Yeah, I'm not cool anymore. <laughs> but I'm sure they know you're there for them. Yeah. I think you're cool. Thank you. <laughs> so if you could meet anyone, anyone at all, either from history or alive today, who would it be and why? Dave Grohl. Foo Fighters, Nirvana. Oh, all that, right. That dude is awesome. He's done everything that I've wanted to do in life. He's, you know, 
he gets to play music. He gets to make movies, uh, documentaries. Is he uh, producing a podcast? He's been on a lot of podcasts. Has he, he has, producing he has not one? I don't know. All I don't right. think he's produced See, one. Yeah, I have one leg up yeah. on Dave Grohl right now. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, and he's so he's so cool and he's so real. And it's so awesome to see because with, with celebrities and pseudo celebrities, whatever you want to call them, they have they put up this facade of who they are and I have to be perfect and blah blah blah. And you can't say anything, or you're gonna make somebody upset. Dude is real. Yeah. I, I just love it. And like his authenticity is just uh, amazing. And he doesn't, he won't pull a punch. Yeah. I've, I've seen him. I'll, I'll, I'll just like YouTube videos. I've seen him stop playing music because somebody got in a fight during their concert and he just kicks them out. Like who he's protecting, he's protecting his fans. He's, he's out there. He's, he's fighting for the things that he believes in. Um, you know, he worked on this book and its documentary series with his mom, um, you know, talking about mothers and their influence in life of, you know, creatives. You know, he interviewed people like uh, the singer from Imagine Dragons and Pharrell Williams and like all these amazing, you know, artists and people. And his mom was a teacher. She was a public school teacher. Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that she understood that what he was going through, that he wasn't getting what he needed from being in school. And she let him drop out of school. At what age? I think he was 16 or 17 years old. He dropped out. And she's a teacher. She's a teacher. Wow. But she understood what he needed and to to grow and and flourish in his life. And it's such it's so awesome to see because like that's what I got from my family. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. no one ever pushed me to do anything. I got to try everything. Mm. Didn't matter what it was. And to see that there's so many successful people out there who got that same, you know, love and attention. It, it's like eye opening. It's like, wow. I don't know. It's it, Dave Grohl for me is like the yeah. coolest dude in the world. Well, I hope you get to meet him someday because if he, crossed. yeah, if he heard you say all that about him, I'm sure it would inspire yeah. him. I got to, I got to see them. Um, the last concert they did before going into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame um, at the House of Blues in Cleveland. So like a small venue show. Uh, it wow. was wow. incredible. Yeah. Incredible. So, yeah. So if you could, if you could relive any part of your life, go back to age 18, if that portal opened and you could walk in, is there anything you'd do different or change in your life? I don't think I'd change anything. I just tell me it's going to be all right. Yeah. You know, it's like it. It took me a while to figure out life. It yeah. took me a long while to figure out life. Um, my 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 family loves to lovingly poke me at poke at me about it. But like I just swam in open water and just tried to figure it out, you know, and I don't think I have life figured out. But I figured out that if I do what I want to do, do stuff that I'm passionate about and put everything that I have into it and be honest with myself about it, then I'll be successful doing it, period. Like, it doesn't matter if I make a million dollars or four dollars. If I'm doing it and I get that fulfillment out of it, then I'm successful. That's great advice. Great so, advice for anyone. Yeah, that's that's. A, yeah, I just tell them, dude, you're going to be fine. Yeah. You'll figure it out. You'll, you will. <laughs> and you have, Austin. Yeah. Okay, so. Austin, it's time to turn the table. 
You can ask me any question you want. What's the most creative thing that you do? The most creative thing, I actually paint. You do? Yes. What kind so, of paintings do you do? Watercolor. Really? So about seven, eight years ago, I went to a spa retreat with my youngest daughter. And she was going to do um, a watercolor class, painting class. And I said, oh, that's that that's fun. You know, and I'm thinking, I have no interest in that. I don't even know how to paint. I don't even know how to draw. So for whatever reason, you know, I ended up wandering down there and there was an extra seat. And I sat down next to her and I got the the paper and the watercolors and I didn't know what I was doing, but I found out I had a natural talent at it. That's awesome. And I didn't start doing that until I was in my 50s. And so then I bought myself watercolors and paper and I will just sit sometimes. I have to be in the mood for it. Yes. Yeah, and I don't have, I don't look at any picture for inspiration. I just start picking up the brush and seeing what comes out of me. And it's, I'm always amazed. Yeah. I, 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 I'm the same way. It's like, I don't, I don't want to do it all the time when it comes to yep. painting. It's just when, when the mood strikes me and I have something in my head, I have to get it out. Yes. Like that's, that's how that's, I am. That's so, exactly how yeah. I am. Yeah. It feels like something's being released onto yeah. the paper. And many times I, I don't share it with anybody. I'll just throw it away, whatever I painted. Yeah. But then sometimes <laughs> my husband will see it. He gets everything framed, no matter how good it is. <laughs> he takes it and gets it framed. Yeah. Did you, did you go like all in, like when you started it? Cause that's what I did. Yeah, I, like I you did. You just went out and spent too I, much money. I did. And, yep. and I, I, I don't paint nearly as much as I should. I, I keep thinking that when I retire someday, I'll be sitting painting. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah. All right, Austin, it's time to wrap up our, our interview here. I, um, I, 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 I just, first of all, want to tell you what a fascinating person you are and just what an amazing job you do and how creative you are and how much we all rely on you to produce these videos for us and you do it so effortlessly and now producing our podcasts. So, so Austin much. Howard, you inspire me. Thank you so much. I'm leaving all this in. 25. I'm leaving all this in. Okay. <laughs> all of it. I'm not cutting a thing.